Oregon Employment First, supporting people with intellectual and developmental disabilities to work in community jobs. Learn more at iWorkWeSucceed.org. Hi, and welcome to the Oregon Employment First podcast. I'm Angela Yeager with Employment First. This week, we are talking about a new retention policy. The Office of Developmental Disability Services recently released a policy transmittal and worker's guide outlining circumstances under which developmental disability services may fund the job development of 90-day job retention payment if a person obtains a job without using vocational rehabilitation-funded services. Joining me today is Acacia McGuire-Anderson, the statewide Employment First Coordinator, to talk more about this policy. Welcome to the show, Acacia. Hi. So this all sounds very um, technical, and I'm sure everything I just said might have scared off all the listeners already, but maybe you can simplify it for us. So what is this new retention policy? Yeah, so it's actually very exciting. Um, We issued in 2017 what we call the stabilization policy. And the reason we issued the stabilization policy was because we heard from a lot of providers and individuals and families um, that they were frustrated because they'd found a job through another service like Discovery. So Discovery has work experiences built in, and sometimes those go really well. And the employer that they're doing the work experience with says, hey, I want to hire this person. They're doing a great job. Um, But then what would happen is because of the way our system was set up is they would need to go to vocational rehabilitation um, mostly to check a box, right? It wasn't because it wasn't a good job match or because it wasn't the hours or because they needed career counseling or benefits counseling. The list goes on, right? It was really just because that was the next step. Um, So what we did in 2017 is we said, hey, if a person gets a job through another service or on their own and they're stable. Now when I say stable, I mean working the hours they want, in a field that they're interested in, in alignment with their career goals, not at risk of losing their job. Um, So if they can say, you know, this is a good job fit for me, and the team can agree, then what they could do is they could fill out a form that would basically tell us it wasn't an exception, it's just a form that said, hey, this person got a job, they're stable, they're not going to go to VR. And we would go straight to job coaching. The problem with that was that we heard that sometimes people needed a little bit more. They needed retention services. Um, And that would really mean that it's more on the job development side where the person would work with the employer. Um, They would help that person maybe get a few more hours. So they were working 15, but they wanted 18. So they Mm, would help, you know, secure those last three hours. And so we looked at our waiver. We talked to VR. um, We had some good conversation. And we decided that we could do that retention payment because again, the person doesn't need VR services. So the policy is really exciting because it actually gives a person and a you know support team and a provider the ability to help somebody find a job on their own or through another service. And then if they're stable, they can just get what they need without having to check another box and go to another agency. So theoretically, how is this policy supposed to be applied? You mentioned the example of someone's in discovery and they, you know, the employer that they meet through discovery wants to just offer them a job on the spot. Is, it, is that one way? How, what are some other ways this could be applied? Right. So it could be that they get, you know, work experience through Discovery or Employment Path Community. That's got a lot of work experience. Um, And so they get a job that way. I, when I was a services coordinator, some of the folks I worked with, they wanted to go to work right away. They were transition age or were just done with school. And so as a services coordinator, I'd actually help them 
sometimes fill out an application. Um, that's obviously not necessarily the role of a services coordinator, but I know that they do it. I know personal agents mm-hmm. do it. So they could be working and, you know, they happen to get a job that's in alignment with their career goals. For instance, a lot of the folks I worked with, I don't know why this was popular, but they wanted to work at Jiffy Lube or some kind of oil tech shop. And that's really what they wanted to do. And it was an entry level job. They had the qualifications. Um, and so, you know, they might find a job that way. However, in order um, to keep that job, they really needed some job coaching. Back then, we weren't able to provide that because they were usually still of transition age, so they couldn't have an employment service. But now, with the current policy, an agency could get in there and could provide the job coaching. Um, and then if they were stable and kept the job for 90 days, could get that retention payment as well. And so it really just enables us to help somebody if they do get a job through Discovery or Employment Path Community or they fill out a job application on their own and they Mm -hmm. land a job. So really that's when you would apply it. You would not apply this policy when somebody needs true job development, customized employment, job carving, whatever you wanna call it. When they're gonna match with an agency and that agency is going to spend a significant amount of time helping them find the right job or carve a job, that's not when this policy would be used. That's really a VR service. It should be paired with a VR counselor who can oversee that service and do career counseling um, and also so with a provider agency that could do true job development. So if any VR service is needed, this policy would not be applicable. I see. Do you work in Oregon's developmental disabilities field and need short, informative ways to stay up to date on the latest policies, trends, and news? Tune in to the Oregon Employment First podcast on the first and third Tuesday of each month. Policy experts, as well as case managers and vocational rehabilitation counselors, will be presenting information and news you can use. So this might be related to then, for instance, quite a few. I've done several stories over the past few years where someone volunteered at a place for a really long time and a very smart job developer said, hey, you know what you could do is rather than have Jane work 15 hours or volunteer for 15 hours a week, how about you just hire her to do this? And it's something the person knows really well. They know how to do the job but they just never actually were getting paid to do it before they were volunteering. Would this be something where the retention policy could apply or is that a different situation? Nope, that's a good example. Like maybe they've been volunteering or we also hear about somebody who's worked with a family friend or, I mean, that's how we all get our first jobs usually, right? Right, So they've had that connection and they've either volunteered or, um, you know, done some shadow there. Um, And so then the question is, what would they really need to get off the ground? Because when you're volunteering, the standards might be a little bit different from when you're getting paid. So having that job coach come in, um, DD could fund that and help make sure that that's going to be a good job match and they're Mm -hmm. meeting that requirement and then do some of that retention. So maybe they are volunteering for 15 and they wanted to work for 20. And so boosting those hours a little bit, working with the employer to make sure it's a good match. Sure. Um, So yes, that would be a time when this policy would be applied. So what problem is this policy solving? And you've addressed this a little bit already. Yeah, but I think it's important to highlight because a lot of times we'll hear from either providers or from VR counselors, you know, you don't need to come to vocational rehabilitation. You've already got a job. And that's not always the case. So this is solving the specific problem of when a person really doesn't need a VR service. And VR services are vast. I've been lately talking about vocational rehabilitation as a very nimble or agile agency. Um, They've got VR counselors who are 
typically have master's degrees in um, vocational rehabilitation. They understand how this business works. So they can help somebody make sure they're in a job that they're not at risk of losing. They can help oversee a job development contract to make sure they're working with somebody qualified to help them find a good job match. We understand that sometimes people will find a job because they need to pay their rent, but that's not necessarily going to be their long-term job. It's just Mm -hmm. a job to kind of plug a hole. Vocational rehabilitation doesn't do that. They really focus on helping that person find a good job fit and meet their needs and work the hours they want. And so really the problem this policy is solving is when all of that has already just happened through normal means, it's happened through discovery or it's happened through volunteering or through a family friend. And so really those VR services aren't needed. And so going to VR then just becomes an extra hoop to go through. So we want to solve the problem of having extra work, but we want to avoid creating a new problem, which would be that people think, oh, it's fine. I've got a job. I don't need to go to VR. But that job isn't the right number of hours or the person really isn't a good job match. A lot of times we'll hear about people interested in restaurant work because they're really social. They want to be around people and that's what they Mm. see. But maybe they're not um, necessarily steady on their feet or maybe they um, need to develop some skills before customer interaction is going to be the best fit for them. So they might apply and get a restaurant job, but really they could be at risk of losing that job. So again, that's the time VR comes in. So really this policy should be focused on solving the problem of I've got a job, I'm stable in the job, I don't need VR, but it should avoid creating the problem Mm -hmm. of... I've got a job, any job, but I don't have to go to VR. Does that make sense? Yeah. Yeah. As opposed to this is the job I really want at the hours I really want, as opposed to this is just some job I was able to get, but it's not really what I want to be doing. Or maybe it's not what I should be doing because, you know, I have specific support needs or whatever that just doesn't match the job I'm in. Right. And it's still great. You got a job. That's awesome. But we may need to focus on making some tweaks or changes or a totally different job. And VR comes in there. So um, I think this you've already talked about this, but scenarios where it may be okay to skip vocational rehabilitation and go straight into uh, DD supports for a job. So this is what you just basically addressed. So this is a situation where you have the the ideal job, well, if not the ideal, the job you really like or that you're really excited about at the hours you really want. Yeah, I think the only thing I would highlight on this question is that um, if somebody gets a job on their own, even if the team doesn't know if the person is stable or the person doesn't know if they're stable, they shouldn't wait. ODDS should always get in there and make sure that the person has a job coach if they need a job coach. Then, you know, we can do that automatically within our system for 30 days. And during that time, the team can come together and decide, you know, are you stable? Should we make a referral to VR? Should we, um, you know, look at authorizing or starting the process for retention? So I would just highlight that no matter what, um, ODDS should get in there and start the job coaching and then figure out, okay, if they're stable, we're going to go ahead and let ODDS know and we're going to move towards retention. And if they're not stable, we're going to make a referral to VR. That's great. So why should this policy only be the exception and not used frequently? <clears throat> so the reason that we talk about this being an exception is because, again, we don't want to create a new problem. We don't want to say, um, you know, don't go to VR. If you don't need VR, don't go to VR. But if you need a VR service, again, you know, career counseling, vocational rehabilitation counseling, if you need job development, that's a good time to go to VR. So um, 
typically we're going to find folks who are really needing customized employment or a job carve. They're going to go to vocational rehabilitation or somebody who's never had a job or, you know, needs some additional work. They're going to go to VR. But again, there are some times when somebody finds a job on their own or through another service, and that would be a time to use this policy. Have you heard about an employment outcome system? It doesn't sound exciting, I know, but it is. The Employment Outcome System, or EOS, website puts you in control. Go to OregonEOS.org, and you can look at info and outcomes for agencies providing employment services to people with developmental disabilities in Oregon. You can look up providers in your county and compare their numbers on employment services. So how does this uh, retention policy help with overall capacity building? Uh, what we hear right now, and we know it's true, is that there are not enough providers um, in the country, but also in Oregon, um, to do this work. We don't have enough VRCs, service coordinators, personal agents. It's something that we really need. Um, and so in the event that a person doesn't need those VR services, and that's what I'm going to keep coming back to, if somebody needs them, we're going to find the capacity and help them get that service. But if somebody doesn't need them because they've got a job that they're stable, then why would we have them, one, go through that hoop, but also why would we have a VR counselor you know, work with somebody if the person doesn't need their services? And we've heard that too. That's why we started the policy in 2017. Because VR counselors, they really, you know, they have a purpose and they do their work, but it's really hard when somebody comes and says, I don't need anything, just authorize this payment, right? Right, just fill out this form or whatever, yeah. So this um, ideally frees up capacity at VR for people who need that specialized job coaching or um, job development. And then it also frees up providers because they're not necessarily having to do that job development. Instead, they're just getting in there, doing the job coaching, helping that person um, retain the job. So hopefully it helps the whole system. But I also just want to emphasize, well, we'll create a little more capacity. Um, There's no reason to not go to VR or use a job developer if it's needed. Sure. Well, this sounds like this is very exciting news, uh, as you mentioned, and people can find out more. They can go to our website, iworkwesucceed.org, and you can go to the IDD policy page and uh, just look under retention policy, and you can find the worker's guide and all sorts of information. So that would be one place to look for that. So, okay. Well, thank you, Acacia, for joining us this week. And uh, this has been the Employment First podcast. Thank you for listening. Thank you. Need help planning your road to work? Go to roadtowork.oregon.gov and create your customized course to a job using available services and supports. That's roadtowork with the number 2.oregon.gov.